0: Yeah,
1: that's good. That's good. And that fourth Harry Potter, boy oh boy. Speaking of Harry Potter, Roma, and Children of Men, let's talk about Annihilation. <laughs> it's not the same director. Here on Frank, I'm just getting us rolling. In, by Hooker, by Crook. Welcome to Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames. Yeah. Um, including Quaron frames someday. Hmm. Hopefully but not today. Today we're talking about. Annihilation Last year, 2018 I'm one of the guys, Michael Swain I'm the other guy, Abe Epperson And we have with us a very important third guy Third guy Hey, third guy Hey, Who are you?
0: it's me, third guy, Jack O'Brien Hey Thanks for having me, guys Jack O'Brien First and second J-O-B.
1: guys J-O-B. Chief himself yeah. All the agents of crack chief superlatives based welcome on Welcome to Jack the show. Right. Definitely.
0: All apply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome great to, the to show. be here, guys. Let's yeah. all use this cadence for the rest of the thing. No,
1: <laughs> let's dive right the fuck in because I know Abe's wanted to cover Annihilation for quite some time. And it's one of those nerd movies. Abe looks like he just came. That has the Moby Dick levels of shit to unpack, so we better yeah. get going. Yeah. Mm. Jack, mm. as a vaunted guest, yes. pillar of the podcasting community, please uh kick things off just because you chose the movie, you hadn't I seen did. it before. I hadn't
0: I haven't even seen X Machina, guys. Oh, that's, okay. that's okay. in so right? like, so so the few. this is your first garland. We yeah. won't
1: discuss that in depth then. Well but no, you we'll should stick though, to because I know what happens in Machina. Did Mark, you ever watch Sunshine,
2: the no. Danny Boyle? Uh-uh. Okay. He wrote yeah. that. I am anyway.
0: Uh, as a person with kids, I I don't get to see movies anymore. It's terrible. So why'd you pick Annihilation? What appeals to you about it? uh, And what was your initial reaction? It just always looked interesting to me. Uh, and I know he's an important filmmaker, even though I haven't like seen, I hadn't Mm -hmm. seen either of his movies and Ex Machino wasn't on your list. (laughs) Right. Well, you
1: have your pulse on the zeitgeist. It's literally your job. Right. Right. You're aware of things anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I keep
0: uh, like I still follow the weekly box office reports, even though I don't yeah. get to see the movies. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> keep that one in the old memory bank yeah. for, <laughs> for when I have free time again. Uh, but yeah, this was. Yeah, it, just li- it looked interesting and it also uh, seemed like one of those ideas that, ha- or one of those movies that has a lot of ideas in it or right. like that's the sense I got and yeah. I wasn't disappointed about no, that. No, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> did you
2: feel that uh, the film as a whole was too heady or was, uh, did you... I don't think glimpse don't, what don't, it was trying to draw. Did you
1: leave <sighs> with any level of confusion or did you have a full interpretation that made sense to you the first time through?
0: I don't know that it all cohered for me necessarily. Mm. There, I just... But I don't know that my favorite movies all like inherently cohere sure. as like one, you know. No, it's yeah. 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 okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's just a lot of interesting things. Movies that end yeah. with
2: questions, not yeah. answers. Yeah.
1: Although I would say, because this is only the second time I ever watched it was in preparation for this. And there were also interestingly, there was a lot of pushback from studios throughout the process. What we saw is a negotiation between Because on one level, it's a story about incomprehensibility and the limits of human knowledge. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Alex Garland, of course, being a sci-fi buff and the writer, wanted to push it even further. The studio, being the studio, thinks that audiences are dumb and wanted it to be way more clear and concrete. Well, we got navigated both poles. Um, But I would say upon a second viewing it's way more clear and concrete to me than I expected it to be. I actually now decoded, I think pretty much everything, and I'm like, oh, I totally get it. Yeah, I feel like I totally get it. And it's very helpful on a second watch just because the time just disjoints. Like, going in knowing that she had the affair, Mm -hmm. all the flashbacks... You can decode on the fly and know exactly what they mean. Instead of So I think some of the co- coherence just comes from watching it a second time. And people, if you liked it, I urge you to watch it a second time. It's right. There's enough ideas there that I got <clears throat> just as much out of it watching it again. Yeah.
2: And by the way, the producer that you want to give credit to for that fight back, because he had Final Cut, was Scott Rudin. Oh, that's uh, nice. All the other... I uh, uh, forget if what studio did this, but um, all, all the other, I think Paramount, uh, all mm-hmm. the other... Producers were like, don't even like that it's ambiguous at the end, and don't like that ending shimmer shot in uh, Lena's eyes and stuff like that. Uh, we want her, we want it absolutely to be she survives, she killed her doppelganger, she's back. The real one. Right. And right. Scott Rudin was like, nope. And
1: yeah, not cool. going to
2: explain why because I have
1: final cut
2: right. So I'm siding with the director. But that's what I mean,
1: is also if you give it the focus and attention it deserves. It's explained why it's clear. Yeah. every there is enough information in the film right. to know everything that happened. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Some of
2: them are just so squeak by right. that it's like, you'll catch one of them and then that'll put you into a thought chain. That will be like, maybe this is true. But if you catch all of them, it's undeniable what's happening. Right. right. Like over, like to the teams, to the personal experiences, what, Oscar Isaac is what his point is in the movie. You know, like, all of those things seem to coalesce.
1: Yeah, let's start asking and answering some of those questions. I would say, like, what do you think are the top-level themes of the film?
0: I mean, I maybe because of the other is it too behind the scenes to say that we pair these with other movies no, that's <laughs> because because these were both such violent movies um and by
1: other movie you mean you also watched bone we uh, tomahawk. also
0: watch bone tomahawk uh, and uh the the theme of sort of self-destruction being that that was the most interesting idea for me the um the idea that self-destruction is not like some aberration, but actually part of like our very code, like down to the cellular yep. level. Right, and that was also an interesting way to understand like why we find beauty uh, in violence, like why we find violence inherently mm-hmm. beautiful or monstrosity in a right.
2: way as a mutagen.
0: Yeah, and um, I don't know that just kind of under. I felt I felt like that was in every different part of the movie. Yeah. It was sort of that.
1: Yeah. yeah, two details jumped out at me this time about that. One is that Lena and Natalie Portman in one of the flashbacks is reading The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, which, oh, wow. of course, like echoes her mono, little monologue earlier about how cells can artificially be made to never die. We mm-hmm. did that with Henrietta Lacks' cells. Um, so then, so that's what's so interesting to me is, one, one certainly the theme is self-destruction, but I do think it's left ambiguous what the conclusion is. Because, like, uh, in one sense... Because annihilation in science very specifically means when a particle meets an antiparticle. And, yes, they destroy each other, but they release an equal amount of energy, which is a new thing. Mm. Um, so S- Ventress very pointedly says self-destruction is not the same as suicide, because that's actually... you cease to exist. And that's Jennifer right. Jason Lee, just right. So everyone's, you know... Um, but then also... Lena in one of the flashbacks is asking Kane, or very adamantly telling Kane that she thinks the fact that cells don't have to die and yet they do proves that God is capable of mistakes or another way of saying it is like that the universe is inherently flawed. So I do think it's still left open. It's like observing self-destruction is baked into us. And then the question is, is that an error? Like, is that, does that give us extra beauty because it combines with our, our virtues and our flaws combine to release a special kind of energy, or is it flat up a mistake? And oh. I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about that. Like, that's interesting. Because certainly pain and struggles cause us to grow and become who like better versions of ourselves. But you know, there's enough. There's a certain amount of trauma where you're like, I'm not learning from this. This is extra arbitrary trauma right. that is just. Happening by happenstance. Right. Like, how much pain is useful in life and how much is a burden? But, I, on, yeah. Go ahead. No, well, I was just going to,
2: I don't know, I can't speak for you, but I was going to say I'm still. Based off my assumption of what Jack's saying, I'm in the jack jet- jet camp just because I think that it's just that uh, this movie has three themes that kind of coalesce to one. One is refraction, yep. one is self annihilation or self destruction, right. and the last one is mutation. Cancer, or yeah, mutation cancer or mutation. They're bound up together and they're all talked about. And just to give people who have seen it but may need a refresher. Uh, It's mentioned at two times two kind of lines I want to paraphrase is one uh, from Portman. When she's describing cancer at the beginning of the film, she says, we can describe cancer as a mutagen that causes unregulated cell growth. It changes us, Right. Uh, speaking about an internal cancer. And that's one thing that is now external by the shimmer. And the shimmer is this thing described by Tessa Thompson, who's a physicist, um, discussing about how it refracts. And refraction is kind of a weird concept in physics because the best way to do it is it's consider a prism where you have right. all light come in and then it separates it in its component mm-hmm. parts of color right. and gives you a spectrum. And she says, it's kind of like that, but with rate light and radio waves, that's why it looks like and the way reality, it does and we, we can't talk Real into it. But she's like, but as we look at like on the edge of the shimmer and what we can see, the trees themselves are doing that. So it somehow is doing that with DNA. Right. So now we have these two ideas, the cancer and the refraction and what we see is we see that it's this kind of idea of spreading oneself both internally and externally. Externally meaning how you live your lives. If you sleep on your spouse, if you, you know, cut yourself, if you, you know, have a past, how that prepares you, which is your question, right. uh, for you know the oncoming onslaught. Or is it a matter of just complete mutagen, where it's just your cells just as they say, unregulated cell growth, and it just mm-hmm. copies and copies of copies, and it's useless DNA that is not helpful to this. I think if I, to, if I were to put a gun to Alex Garland's head and say, which one is it? He'd probably be like, sometimes it's useful, sometimes it's not. That's what makes evolution evolution. Sometimes yeah. you just are a bad organism because you didn't evolve in a way.
1: Exactly. I think the movie in some ways is comparing Actual lived experience of life, like our personal bedroom dramas and shit that happens in Mm -hmm, our life mm -hmm. that feels like a story, to the big, wet, hot mess of primordial growth. Yeah. Like certainly the mutation aspects are called out uh because it's literally happening, which gives you the cool action sequences um, and the cool imagery, like plants are learning to grow in the shape Mm. of a human body. Uh, also, of course, I just love how consistent all those bag of tricks are. For example, every lens flare in the movie is a rainbow because right. of the prism thing Abe mentioned. Yeah. Everything visually supports everything so well. Uh, even to the point that I'm pretty sure some of the things that I wondered about before are evidence of just the general refraction, like why Kane suddenly has a Texas draw. Right. I think it was refracted onto him from like from someone another, else who entered the area probably out of Texas straw. Yeah, at some it's
2: point. It, it's happening all over. That's why the tattoo
1: bounces around. Right, people. So
2: someone someone took this elaborated on the series online about the scare bear or as they call it the the, the bear yeah. that steals oh, passes. I call it scream, sc- bear, yeah. scream bear. Scream bear. It eats
1: your voice box and then screams. <laughs> like No, your it death doesn't scream. even eat
2: your voice box. It is uh, kind of like in the same way that the crocodile has a uh, shark teeth.
1: Uh, no but it very it, pointedly eats their voice boxes sure, that is sure. like that's a whole how it element kills it. of the horror but
2: it's accumulating not just the DNA, but the experiences and the thought processes of, so it's probably just thinking it's an animal, but when it yells, it makes the sound that Cass made in her death thralls. Or who actually whoever Uh, it most recently. Another example is the tattoo starts spreading around the Ouroboros that looks like an infinity symbol is like clearly a military tat. And I think the first time we see it is on Anya, but uh, who's like the, the you know boots on the ground. Uh, and She's then, like the paramedic soldier. And then we see it on uh, Portman at some point. And it's then a,
1: on Shepard as yeah, well, on Kane in the video.
2: Yeah, and it's like um, even, even that, there seems to be accents, you know, just the way in which they are. The final speech given by Ventros uh, in like the cave at the lighthouse talks about like, I don't even think it wants like I don't, she says
1: I don't know what it wants or if it He's wants. I just think so it's alien. an important distinction that she's actually yeah. just claiming full ignorance. I yeah. cannot comprehend what it I wants. I can't.
2: It's so incomprehensible yeah. to me. And then it, then she bursts into a non-corporeal <laughs> like right. like, uh, mandel what it Mandel bulb is what um, Alex you Garland mean a Mandelbrot fractal yeah he yeah, calls it a Mandel, Mandel bulb that. in his
1: script oh because it's like a Mandelbrot fractal f- rendered in three dimensions as like yeah, a flower a yeah uh, and then it, and fractals. then eventually
2: turns into a sexless Natalie Portman <laughs> Natalie Portman that <laughs> yeah. slowly turns into yeah and that's something we'll need to unpack but I just think that that's how we get the uh, that's how we get from refraction and Mutation how they all interplay is just the idea of you separate aspects like your your accent or you know a tattoo is very too very like we can perceive that but also imagine the turmoil that's going on in their head as they have thoughts and memories of other people and they, they can't right. make sense of it that's the kind of refraction we're talking about because at the end of the day I think this organism or entity or you know maybe it's just who knows what it is it's an environmental cancer that's for one thing for sure uh, It it's seaming it all together. It's like a copy machine.
1: Although interesting to note at one point, the movie was going to end with a bunch more meteors coming in oh, right. to the atmosphere from a single direction to make it clear that it was an alien invasion. Intention. It had an intention, But I'm sure yeah. that's the studio wanted that. Well, probably. the, the right.
2: books are Jeff VanderMeer and yeah. it's called Southern Reach mm-hmm. and Trilogy. Alex Garland only read one of them. Oh, yeah, and then and and as he talks then about threw
1: it away because i've read the book and i would say it is almost unrelated it's yeah, interesting and in he how talks about it, it he is. says yeah. he,
2: it's like it's less of an adaptation and more of like a memory of a book right you know right yeah he takes he just plays with the things that he that southern reach is playing with
1: yeah because i think you're right i think and i think the theme of mutation importantly is tied to all the questions about what actually is your identity as a conscious living thing. Anyway, like Shepard says, when my daughter died, it was two bereavements, my daughter and the person I used to be employing like this language that we all use where we say things like, I'm a different person now, or like Brett Kavanaugh will be like, yeah, I drank beers with squee then, but you can't blame me cause now I'm a different person. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so mutation and the fundamental malleability of our cellular structure, and the fact that Natalie Portman could have an affair and then like everything's different. It's it's this whole sloppy mess of, well, in life, you are also constantly in a state of flux. Your emotional state also right. is refracting and mutating. Right. So what is identity? And they can't answer that because it's one of the quintessential philosophical questions. But man, do they tie it together so tightly like Alex Garland, so thorough, like even as an example, of course, The tattoo functionally reveals a clue about, I understand how this works, but also it's of course the perfect tattoo, because it's an ancient symbol of change and self-destruction that lasts eternally, that life is transient and will always change. It also visually looks like mitosis. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It looks like infinity or two cells splitting. It's the perfect image. And it's a snake eating itself, which is an act of self-destruction. So it's like in every aspect. And it's not just that. I think why film nerds especially love Alex Garland is there's an old saying in filmmaking and in playwriting, which is that ideally every aspect of everything should be shouting what you're s- trying to talk about every yeah. second and yeah. alex garland nails it like here's here's another every one. detail in frame uh, the fact that the lighting is a rainbow Provides content. (laughs) Uh, Here's
2: another one, Jack. Did you notice that the music of the film, the score, is folksy and naturalistic? I did notice that. Yeah, and then the second they walk into the shimmer, it's it's that. It's still trying. It's still the same folk music, but it's slowly deteriorating into synth music. Right until by the end, it's entirely synthetic. Yeah, it mutated. Yeah,
1: and yet a some of the still the same theme, same theme and same chord structure. So. Music score mutated. Yeah, right. Right. it's mutated. perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, <laughs>
2: Another tidbit, uh, just like the Araboros, is that people don't catch because they're so far away from each other on the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the house that she and Oscar Isaac's lived in when things were is good identical? Uh, To the house that is where the field of plant people are that they go and stay in where the scare the the screen bear. bear, Yeah, Yeah. all that stuff. It's identical, except it's been taken over by like nature.
1: So there's several ways in the film in which it's implied that if you're in the shimmer long enough, it starts to sort of dance with you, Mm -hmm. your emotional state. So because she's bringing in all this guilt about her affair, it starts to manifest things that will make her feel and more guilty, it kind which of is arguably why she keeps having nightmares about the affair every night. She's also in the brings
2: up the idea of an unreliable narrator where she's uh, conflating so many things because her mind is confused. Yeah. But, and so we're not necessarily seeing the events as they were uh, unfolding, but as she interpreted them? Uh, this can't
1: just be us explaining it to Jack, though. I do want Jack to have Because yes, <laughs> yeah, another is thing is that I needed to know. Uh, I I want to make a point I think uh, is very interesting is I would say Alex Garland is not that quotable on a dialogue level, meaning he's a really a filmmaker's filmmaker. It's like he builds an essay by having the characters only bring content that is facts or provides new I- material yes, right. to the table. There's never a thing where you're like well, that was very Shane Blackie. I'm going to make a note of that so I can right. quote it on the podcast. Dude, right. Everyone just says, look, this is what's happening now. <laughs> right, I think right. this. Yeah, And it's He's amazing to that. me yeah. how impactful it is without having flair on the dialogue level. Alex Garland is a filmmaker like even more than being a writer and so yeah way. he's like a composer of ideas yeah <laughs> i mean
2: even when he was just a writer like sunshine his characters were like hard to relate to because they're all scientists and when there's that typical moment of like one of us needs to die because there's not enough oxygen all of the scientists turn into each other and go. Well, you're needed because you need to do this later in the mission. You're needed because you need to keep us alive. So me or you should die, right. like right now, right. like because we're breathing. And they
1: and everyone is calm the whole time, which is uh, it's my favorite scene in it. And He goes like, Well, what are like relevant details to your situation okay blah 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 what are yours okay seems like i should die okay i'll do it well it's been nice being on the crew yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's like they're all professional. everything for the mission that's (laughs) what we signed
2: up for this is a one-way trip anyway Yeah,
1: yeah so garland does his movies have a very scientific feel and you were saying it did bomb right oh yes so the question is is the studio wrong Maybe people are too dumb to enjoy. No, it is the children <laughs> that are wrong. <laughs> no, Principal Skinner line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it true? Could I be not cool anymore? Could I no, be out of no, touch? No, it, no. Is it is the children, that children that are who are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it does. It is alienating in in a way, and I think it's uh, the last thing before I'm going to force Jack to give some kind of spiel. Mm. Is uh, and you, you read the first book? No, I haven't read it. Oh, any okay. Well, I think something that is cool about the book, the book is fairly clunkily written, is also very sterile and alienating to read. Mm-hmm. The movie's better than the book. Mm-hmm. But the book does something that can only be done in book form and I always love media that leans into what it is. That like proves like, you know, this is why this is an opera. It has to be an opera because of right. this. Mm-hmm. So in the book, the unreliable narrator thing Abe is talking about is the entire crux of the theme, the central themes of the book. So it'll be like they enter a space and one of them in the group perceives them as being in like a musty stone area and going down a hallway. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize until they compare notes later that another person perceived them as being in a circular room made of flesh with the walls pulsing and that they were constantly going down, 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 down. Oh, so it's literally like, you could not depict that in a film because visually you have to show something. What is happening. What is happening. And the constant tension in... The book that I do love is, no one agrees literally about even who they're talking to, what they said a second ago, mm. or what that is right in front of us right now. Right? They'll be like, "No, it's a giant dragonfly," and they'll be like, "No, it's a door. We have to go through the door." Right, right. <laughs> it's like really, you can't tell what the fuck is happening. At I do. Any love, given time. I do love
2: the idea that like Alex Garland, you know, he's got his blankie and his hot cup of cocoa and he's reading the book (laughs) and it just says something like a robot plays like a flawless piece of music and then shuts down and he just goes like oh yeah baby this is my shit
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it's more like in the book it'll have classic (laughs) incomprehensibility descriptions like she stared into the shining light until she saw the shape of sadness pluck an orange from the undergrowth of heaven and you're like well i don't know what that even means like it doesn't even coalesce into an image in my mind
2: every time i hear about this book it makes me think that alex garland made the right choice (laughs) i that's
1: what i'm kind of getting at is i think alex garland deserves full credit this is not an adaptation he almost shouldn't give credit to the book annihilation it's so different yeah Mm. the only same thing is that it's called the shimmer and they go into it and wacky stuff happens but do you think so the
0: there's a lot of beauty in the shimmer and the fact that it's called the shimmer, like that's a beautiful like description. But, uh, even the, at one point they find somebody's remains and they've been like blown across a wall, uh, in a way, such a way that it looks yeah. like a beautiful
1: art installation, yeah. but more like it's fungus like symmetry. Right. Fungus fungus yeah. grew inside it's him like- to the point that his body got extruded out. Right, yeah, right.
0: Like, do you think the beauty is just because that's a cool thing to do as a filmmaker, or is that like tied into it in some way? I think.
2: I mean, it, I. Personally, I think that he's trying to say that sometimes annihilation is beautiful. Right. Sometimes mutations are amazing to look at. Right. And behold. And the fact that our DNA can flex in these weird ways is like a kind of cool like look at the the does that they see right that that they're almost uh, in tandem yeah and like they have like flowers on their antlers it's like a beautifully like it looks like a performance piece like you said i think there's a purpose to that but it's also haunting because you're like what's the motivation behind this right so something can be super dark and ominous but at the same time being right beautiful to behold
1: and i think it's pointing to that mother nature doesn't care and that cancer the cancer inside you that's killing you doesn't hate you it's just doing what it does so sometimes it will be cool looking you know what i mean by chance like i noticed this time even in the scene where she's talking to the guy she had the affair with after her lecture in the hallway that johns hopkins wing is decorated with like some hospitals are close-ups of cancer cells but painted in so they're all colorful and beautiful so again in every frame he hammers home like Ugly beauty, beauty ugly, like they're the same. Like that's one of the points.
2: And sometimes it's just ugly. Sometimes it's a scream bear or an alligator that's horrifying to look at. But I
1: do love, uh, sorry, but when you say scream bear, my mind goes to that scene so hard. I just forget what I was going to say. But, oh, concretely, I also picked up new things on my second watch. The reason that they make the point of, uh, What's her name? Who's the physicist? Not Shepard. Not Thornton. Josie. Josie Raddick. Tessa. The reason Raddick Thompson picked, Thompson, The reason yeah. they show Raddick find the knife that they just saw in the video of the snake intestines guy right there is I'm pretty sure the guy who became the fungus on the wall is the guy who got his stomach cut right. open in the video. Yeah,
2: they were in the pool, the right. emptied pool, and so that you can believe believe if there's like a caustic nature to the video and what's what right. they're witnessing. Immediately after the guy exploded. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: And I think it's funny because it's almost like the refraction works, not like science, but like conceptual Mad Libs. Sure. Because it's like a shark a dial instead of a, you know, in real genetics, you could have like a shark who has goat genes in its DNA sequence, but you wouldn't notice that externally. You'd have to sequence its DNA. But this literally has layers of teeth. He's half shark, half crocodile. And I do like, that seems to be how it works, because I think at the ocean, you see that either salt and seawater is learning to become trees, or trees Trees are learning to become salt and seawater. Um, And I also thought, and this is a reach, but... A southern reach, but <laughs> like uh, I really like to think this time that the dough scene is a clue that helps unlock the true meaning of the final moment. Like, who is Lena now? Mm-hmm. And I think what it's saying is the light. It's not rape important. essentially. Like because because you are changed, even if nothing happened with her being infected by the shimmer. She's a different person because she experienced the sequence of things. Right. What is identity anyway? So I think those two does, if you notice, are very similar, but not exactly the same. Uh They don't literally mirror exactly. There's some deviation. And they share randomized parts of each other. So like... One has a body that's fur with some leaves, but its antlers are normal. One has antlers that has leaves on it, but its body is flowers and has some fur on the antlers. Whatever. It's like a Venn diagram where they're different but the same and some parts overlap. And I think that's what Josie is when she comes out of the shimmer. I I know that there you can decode it in such a way that there's a clear answer. Is she the doppelganger or is she not? But I like the interpretation where the answer is, it doesn't matter. She's some combination bundle of experiences and DNA that we're gonna call Lena from now on. Yeah. That's right. all that matters.
2: Yeah, kinda like uh Grumblefly or whatever. Like how in the fly. Grundlefly. Right. Yeah. Oh. Uh he he decides to identify as a hyphenated version of both of them mm. because he trues, He feels he's truly like that. Similar
1: logic, too, where a drop of your blood gets in the cloning machine. Because I have to assume that magic bulb was about to make a Ventress doppelganger, mm-hmm. right. but a drop of Lena's blood goes in, and it's like, ooh, tasty DNA. I'll make a Lena clone instead. <laughs> yeah, it's just whatever. It's like input-output, I think, is I my think interpretation. Right. of it. I don't understand and I may never fully understand I understand that the reason it brings you to the center or my interpretation is that that's the only place there's enough energy or shimmer or whatever its power is that it can make a fully functioning human doppelganger you have to be in the lighthouse right 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 and the heart of it is where it does its best magic which is to make a human doppelganger but I don't understand what it was gonna do with Ventress if Lena hadn't come down there, was it just going to make a Ventress doppelganger? What was its "quote unquote" intention with Ventress? I think
2: the question is more: what
1: was Ventress at that time? Right. right. When
2: we witnessed it, was she more gone than Lena? Was she even a thing? Like, was she fully doppelganger already? Because one of the already? things we know about Ventress is that, like, everyone has like a flaw or like an action that shows a tendency towards self-destruction, and Ventress's is, is uh, obsession with the Shimmer. Like, she's literally obsessed with
1: it. And because she has terminal cancer, she's free to not give a shit about anything else. Yeah, Yeah. and she becomes...
2: Like, I think that her her want... Because if we're going to talk about DNA and, like, accents and, like, how there's this nebulous kind of restriction between all them, the definitions lose meaning, Mm -hmm. Uh, I think her obsession is what she becomes. So she just becomes the shimmer is my interpretation.
1: Do either of you have a theory on why she was either directed to or chose to and the director approved it, acts like a hollow sociopath. Does that mean anything? Like Ventress is... That actress has lots of emotion and range. Oh, yeah. And she chose very consciously to talk like this. This is all I, I have to talk like in right. this movie. I
2: think that's... My personal feeling was that the choice was uh, like akin to uh, Brimley in the Thing, the Thing original. Oh mm-hmm. uh, Wilfred, where, yeah. Yeah, uh, where he... Immediately as he knows you and he types up on the computer, he sees how horrifying the thing can be. He becomes disassociated with everything Uh. because he realizes that there's nothing that we can do. If it gets out, uh,
1: it's over for civilization. So you think as we know it, she's just in shock in the way of someone who knows the world is ending. She knows that there's nothing
2: we can do to stop it. We've nuked it. We've tried everything. also
1: notice her only other acting trait and I think it's so brilliant. She's constantly touching something smooth. She's tactile. In every mm-hmm. scene, she's rubbing her fingers against each other, or when she's talking to Natalie Portman, she has a very smooth river stone she's playing with, and she has to force herself to stop fidgeting with it, you can nice. notice. And I just love, I think that that's simple foreshadowing, but effective. Mm. She has to touch the shim. Like, she has to get all the way into the middle and touch it. Like, she needs to to grind it.
2: (laughs) Right.
0: Why do you think when she finds her in the. vagina cave thing mm-hmm. uh why do you think she speaks like it's almost like
1: i'm sorry does your wife's vagina look like the basement of a lighthouse it's beautifully <laughs> okay. colorful yeah. There's an ottoman in the corner. Right.
0: yeah uh the uh <laughs> wait wait wasn't that like a cave that was created that by is the right? whole the that strike. is the whole you're right yeah. It's, yeah. A crater, yeah. okay, it's the okay. crater okay okay um but she like starts speak it, it almost when you were describing how the book is written it sounded like how she was speaking when Natalie Portman shows up it's like a very like lyrical like she says po-
1: to the highest realms of thought yeah. a mind that can't be known shit like that yeah, yeah 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 is that
0: what was that just basically the shimmer speaking through her or was That's
1: it, what I'm I'm asking is yeah. like when she's there with the flesh blindfold yeah. Who Rit. is she, and why does she say things? And I Rit. think uh, well, one I mean, of the least this, clear. This reads
2: into my interpretation of the events as a whole is that we're forever changed by our experiences in general, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like whether it's that you're an addict, or you cut yourself, or your daughter died of leukemia, or you are dying of leukemia, or you uh, are an adulterer. That's our five basic people. They all have tendencies towards annihilation. Uh, in fact, the time, the moment in the film we see. That she uh, she slept on Oscar Isaac is literally as she walks into the shimmer.
1: Every time you say "slept on," but you mean cheated on. Because I love it's like she wasn't aware Sle- how talented a <laughs> rapper Oscar Isaac says. Girl, you've been done me. <laughs> girl, you've been sleeping on my flow yeah. for too <laughs> long. Girl.
2: Yeah, uh, but yeah. So so they all have their different ways in which they've been annihilating themselves, just like we all do. To me, what this machine, I guess for lack of a better word, this genetic engine yeah. uh, that the Shimmer is, and it's essentially just reflecting the programming, like you were saying, Jack, it's just like in our programming it is self Uh It's reflecting the programming and creating a new organism so that there's no such thing as the two things that go into it. If A is a person and B is the Shimmer, the thing that comes out is not a
1: b a b
2: it's it's like this c thing yeah that is components parts are made up of a and b randomly and haphazardly right uh in the same way that a mute like mutation works
1: yeah and many people have pointed out i actually disagree with this theory but it's online so i'll mention it that she gets knocked out twice in the lighthouse fight one there's a switch and they're like so it could have been switched so that at that point the one that leaves the doppelganger I don't interpret that as what it's supposed to mean for the simple fact that we see the thing take on the shape of her face, then burn and become metal And again. then he hands her... I think that was head. the doppelganger. I think right. that I, that clarifies that. I think they're the same in that moment. I think the implication is that by the time they leave, she's been impregnated, so to speak, by it, and it's been impregnated by her. So they're, it's not... If you're just looking for the action movie answer, what happened? Yes, the Lena that technically physically went in came out, but now she's C, like Abe said. She's not Lena, but she's also not purely the doppelganger. She's a a whole new Form of
2: sexual mitosis (laughs) where it creates, like mitosis, it's the wrong word. I forget what it is because I don't know if we have something for it. That's why it's so un. Animal-like, because mitosis is just a duplicate. But you mean when it splits into four splits, and you mix up splits the genes. into two, splits into four, and but the we genes are know. identical. We
1: should mitochondrial or something. Yeah,
2: but uh, it's not sexual reproduction because it's not coming from two sources.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's I think just it's just
2: a thing that takes one source and just duplicates it and fucks
1: up. And fucks that's it all why out. I think visually, they're basically. Dancing, then pressing their bodies together, then laying down together. But it's it is also a metaphor shot for like, like ra- they're impregnating scene, one each other. It's right. a f- metaphor for a rape scene. Well, I know in the sense that she doesn't want to exchange yeah. DNA with the shimmer, but she does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she cannot.
2: Lena hits the, th- the shadow so monster. So her. it hits her. It falls on the ground and it just falls and w- it's just watching and mimicking but again,
1: to become more like it. One of the points about mutation and refraction is that it's not perfect. It's not like you can do the math and go, it always copies her, so blah, blah, blah. For example, when she's pressed against the door, a lot of people interpret it as, well, she's pushing against the door, so it's pushing against the door. But by that logic, all she would have to do is try to back up, and it would try to back up, and that doesn't happen. And there are times where it clearly doesn't mimic her exactly. Mm. So I think, like everything in the movie, it's not perfect. It's sloppy. Yes, it's copying her, with some sequences of random mutation. It's copying her, but it also has substance, and what it is is a mix of both, and that's what life is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not
0: identical. When no. Right. Yeah.
2: In the same way that when you uh, refract light and create a prism, you can't put that, at least for those photons, you can't, you can't put, put them back, back, back in. And make it white light. Right, yeah. right. I mean, you can find a way to mimic that White, synthetically light, right right but, it is, but that photon I'm has type, been type. S- organized into its red area or its blue area. right
1: yeah In fact, a prism is a little more organized than the Shimmer, actually, as I would say. No, it's pretty... Because it always goes to Roy G. Viv, whereas the Shimmer is like, (laughs) Scream Bear! Sharknado! (laughs) Fuck
2: you! Sharknado! It's like a soap bubble
1: of... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. A soap bubble made of puppies. (laughs) This
2: is a legit defense for Sharknado being a thing, if the
1: Shimmer was canon. If it combines... The, the DNA of a tornado. Oh, <laughs> a DNA. Were, <laughs> just I I assume the, they were the same cinematic universe. Yeah. And Birdemic, actually. It's supposed well. to be uh, <laughs> in the book, it's Florida, I think. It's the Florida Everglades. Which, oh, is it? Which it looks like, or you can kind of tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But they shot all around.
0: Um. So does Oscar Isaac, he knows that she was having an affair?
1: Yes. Before he. It's even handled left. subtly, but it's clear that How? the reason he. He volunteered for a quote-unquote suicide mission. Is he had just recently come to the conclusion she's having an affair? I don't want to be here right now. What was his? What was that based on? We don't. We don't see the clue or how he knows. Okay. We she just, just see figures a, it out. We just. It's very subtle. We just see a scene where, from looks, essentially. You can tell that he knows and you can tell she knows he knows right it's just looks i thought it was
2: the water glass scene because also once again just draping things on top of water refraction. the water refraction (laughs) where so yeah the the fingers reflect each other so they are like the same but they're also different but if you just you take the water glass out of there uh, uh when uh she reaches for his hand she, he backs away. Yeah. So yeah. it's a very clearly they right. have something going They've on. They've lost in some so, intimacy yeah. or something. Yeah.
0: So when he in the in the video that we see in the lighthouse tells the doppelganger to find her if it makes it out of the shimmer and then kills himself, does is he what is he hoping will happen when the doppelganger finds her? Is it I, payback? I could accept
1: it... that he might be, his mind is going and he just has the instinct. Like if I were you, I would find her cause we love her or whatever. Like, I mean, there is a point where your mind starts to break down. So you could just chalk it up to that. A more like clear answer I think would be that he thinks the doppelganger will be a better mate for her than he even is. Right,
2: mm. Cause it's, While it's true that we can argue that the Shimmer itself or the entity behind the Shimmer may or may not have a want, Oscar Isaac definitely has wants. Uh, yeah. Right. So this Oscar Isaac Prime or whatever we're calling them, the C thing, mm-hmm. uh, could also share some of those wants and desires. Uh, that has kind of been proven in the movie because if we look at Ventress, she still wants to understand uh,
1: the Shimmer. I think she hasn't yeah. like
2: disassociated her from herself from the mission.
1: He's a lot more cut and dried than Lena. He is the doppelganger. The doppelganger right, came it's out. It's definitely him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah. I mean. To me, the only thing that confuses it is you're like, why does he have an accent though? And I think that's just explained by yeah, it's the randomization of everything. What, did one
0: of the other? Do we ever hear one of the other soldiers yep. from his group talk? Yep, and he has a video,
2: southern It's accent. dope. Yeah. Yeah. It's, dope. Yeah. it's the guy. There's a second guy who's like kind of just like you got op, this. You got helping this. the operation yeah. right. of camera, like right. just like trying to adjust the light, and it's yeah. like. Yeah, he's just got that, and I love that. Um, I love that. Uh, Anya says at one point, uh, when they're watching the video, that's not it. I worked as like an EMT for a while. That's just a trick of the light. That's just right. a trick of the light. Right. Like no, fucking but way. also <laughs> referencing refraction yet again. Yeah. Right. And
1: uh, I also noticed this time how the final shot of them hugging before just the close-ups of the eyes is this panning shot because they're in this government facility and there's blue-colored plastic sheets hanging down. And the way it pans, they get covered up by one and then two and then three. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they get, like, continuously warped and more colored-looking. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's just so much attention to detail all So throughout. much attention.
2: I love... Um, this is less on theme and more just, like, a cool way to... It's it's c- probably CG effect. Like, oh, that looks really cool. But it's also might hold water a little bit uh, in thematically, which is, if you look at the shimmer, it looks a lot like, to me, if you drop oil and water, which yes. are not, like, friends. Yeah. They're very... They, they hate each other. They're phobic of each oh, other. Oh, that's interesting. And and so the shimmer has that weird feel where things are blending that ought not be blended. Right. N- now, I don't think that the movie is trying to say what ought or ought not be blended. I think it's just saying that sometimes we have these w- strange marriages in nature. Right. And it it's n- unlike anything you've seen before and don't be scared by it. It's just change.
1: Right. An interesting theory I read in preparation for this it, about the Scream Bear specifically Uh, that I do think is probably true because there's a line where Shepard says, imagine dying and all people know of you as your final horrible moments. I wouldn't like that at all. Sorry, Raddick says that, and then she walks into the woods and becomes a tree person, Um, presumably. You don't see it happen, but that's what we imagine. Uh, I think that that is a reference to uh, there are cancer patients who, choose not to get chemo because they don't want to be remembered that way they'd rather die Mm -hmm. Uh, and to me that really ties because the one thing about the movie is the screen bears my favorite sequence but I always was like and yet It's not as tightly tied to the themes as everything else, but this saves it for me. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Because I want every single thing in the movie to be a parable because I believe that that's how Garland operates. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I finally found, thank you, Internet, what the screen bear, or at least one that makes sense to me that I can imagine is true. Yeah. Was the screen bear's face... Like a a bare skull or what?
2: It's just covered in lesions and oh, okay.
0: decomposing.
2: Oh, kind I of. thought it was
1: a skull. Yeah, I thought it was like its flesh rotted down to the skull level. I mean, if level. you see,
2: here's the thing: is that they they didn't light it too that well, mm-hmm. and that's not to say that they fucked up. I think it's just that they wanted dark conditions in the room. Yeah, but if you actually look at the like they actually drew graphic designers drew it out and it got okayed mm. by Alex Garland and they made a CG model for it. It just doesn't yeah. like it's got fur on it, but it's got like holes where you see the flesh, where right. you see the bone. Yeah. And I don't know why they just chose the face to be mostly. Well, and bone. all
1: of its sensory organs have rotted away or just been shimmered away, which I think is right. how you're supposed to believe they can just be still, you know, yeah. for I like, doing that. I really like, I, I it. also think it's, I think it's scream powered, meaning like this time watching it, I got the distinct impression that it only attacks you if you scream. It's waiting for that scream. (laughs) It needs the scream as the go signal. I really like the idea that like
2: it was a, it originally there was just a, Dead bear carcass mm, and another bear, yeah. and they blended together, become <laughs> right. a like half right. rotting carpet carcass. And, and then just, later it also ate cass, which gave it its voice. And just
0: from a monster design perspective, the horrifying bear's a bear's skull is the scariest mm. possible version yeah. of yeah. any animal. And then like,
2: in addition to throw your friend's voice into it right, and say, yeah. Help me. Right, yeah. Help me. yeah. yeah. Ugh. It's, it's one of the worst
1: conceptions of a monster since, like, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: my favorite. Yeah, it's pretty
1: fucked up. Did anyone else notice the tattoo is the logo from the front of the Never Ending Story book? No. <laughs> like, the book in Never Ending Story that you use to activate the. Uh, is an Ouroboros? I just kept wanting. Yeah, it's a silver Ouroboros yeah, in yeah, the Infinity. Yeah. I just kept wanting her to summon Falcor and get out oh. and shimmer <laughs> triumphantly. Oh. Well, Falcor is definitely a shimmered version of like, yeah. it would not <laughs> a be a dog and a dragon. It wouldn't have been weird if Falcor came down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would have been weird if he helped her, though, because everything was so menacing at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, cruel nature. and unwavering. Yeah. Yeah. Un- While natural. in Radek, people make a lot of that. She says Ventress wants to face it, which I imagine means... I think they do draw the dichotomy between all the previous groups were soldiers and this group is all scientists. So there's the idea of the universe is incomprehensible. You can fight that or try to understand it. But both processes, they're more similar than you think. Mm. Like destroying something, sometimes to understand something is to destroy it. Sometimes by destroying something, you come to understand it. Mm. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that is also read online that and i'm like that probably is true that the all-female f- team sort of harkens to breast cancer being the most prevalent form of cancer in humans and i was like oh that could be a thing mm. i don't know could be interesting yeah. yeah
0: because they don't address that like the once we're all women and natalie portman Not really. says oh oh, yeah. oh we're all
1: women and she goes we're all scientists you right, s- you sexist Natalie Portman, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we you know sexist uh, for
0: noticing. There's it.
2: two signs. Science- well, Ventress has that's one of the reasons she's also disassociated, is that she has an arc that she has cancer, yeah. Uh, and then the other time we see cancer in the real life is uh, Cass's daughter died of leukemia, leukemia, right? So it's th- there's this kind of awareness of cancer, or it surrounds us, but it. The way it's done is it just feels like it's like oh also sometimes humans get cancer less right. than like thematically it's important that her daughter died of cancer right it's just kind of like a thing to make you you know put cancer in your head kind of thing the don't um, put cancer in oh my I, head I, I'm trying <laughs> but it keeps happening the
0: um, the thing where they wake up. And they think it's their first morning and, and they've not, actually been yeah. there for five days. Why do you think that it's like a cool trick, but I didn't really get why that was happening.
2: So they walk into the shower. She has a flashback at that. At first you just think is a flashback, but then you realize because she, it wait she wakes up. It was her dream. It relates right. to her infidelity. Yeah, I think it's that they my interpretation is that it's. This is the uh, the scanning part of the uh, the process of the oh, shimmer. Okay, got it. So it's like finding out all the information, Ingesting and it might just put thoughts. you to sleep in order to do so. Got it. Uh, or you're just so unreliable as a narrator. You did do things like obviously they ate right. and they aren't hungry. It so could be simply they're up to and establish around eating.
1: That the shimmer makes you go crazy eventually. Yeah, like maybe I think, you just wanted to establish that at that time. I think
2: I think that's what it was. Just to really throw you that it's like in this space. There's monsters, but there's uh, also, you know, you yourself are becoming a monster.
1: Question. I had a favorite pet theory the first time, but now I think I'm wrong the second time. So I guess my question is, do you think that the shimmer being in the lighthouse accepts the phosphorus grenade knowing, understanding what a grenade is and what death is and not caring because it doesn't care about life and death or... Or I thought that the reason my initial interpretation was that the reason Lena is essentially the chosen one is because her entire reason for going in, because Ventress is is about curiosity. Everyone has different like motivators. Her motivation is pure guilt and self-loathing. She's going in because she feels she owes Oscar Isaac. And this is her only way to like redeem the sin that she committed so that. I was wondering if when the when the shimmers imitating her on a physical level, it's probably also imitating her mental space, right? Because it's learning to act like her. So I was one, or my theory was that the reason she can defeat it, no one else could, is because it imitates her self-loathing. So when she offers it the phosphorus grenade, it's like, "You want to kill yourself? Oh, I want to kill myself." Oh, and right. it's like a trick, or like it's almost like a coding trick, or yeah.
2: Someone brought up the idea that uh, there, there's a duplicate of her, they're duplicates now, but they're slightly different. If you believe that uh, this is a version of uh, Portman killing a part of herself, the part that is guilty for the
1: part that committed the sin. sin. Symbolically, it is that, but it is it also literally Uh, that happening. I
2: I don't like that interpretation. I like that. The idea of this, this, uh, these duplicates are the same, right? Uh, in every sense, uh, or they're for, they're, they're the same made of the same stuff. But, uh, when she is resigned or whatever, the monster, one of them is resigned to accepting the flash grenade. Yeah. is just knows that one will make out, and that's just as good. It doesn't have a want. It's just you ex- is, things are happening to it, and that's it's what completed I mean. its process. So could It is you, now a duplicate. Could
1: you also accept the interpretation that it didn't even know what the phosphorous no. grenade would do yeah. per se? It just grabbed a thing because I mean, a thing was held out? I think it would,
2: but... So one can argue that all of the knowledge of phosphorus grenades went into one, but I uh, guess I
1: would argue that the only thing the shimmer does do, the only thing we know about its function is that it wants to expand and multiply replicate. And so I don't know why it would knowingly let itself get burned to death. And if the argument is that, well, because it got a duplicate out, it already got a duplicate out. Kane is a duplicate. Mm. So why didn't it destroy itself? Because that I point?
2: think this is a truly alien alien that it,
1: it completed its process of duplication. There's nothing other than that. Right, I know, but I'm saying then why would it... Then why didn't the phosphorus grenade, if you follow me, that Kane lit to burn himself up, why didn't it go, the process is complete now, I'll let myself burn? Why did it put that fire out? I think there's another
2: cane around. I think... Uh, Kane is filming his own duplicate. Yeah, in, I know. We see him walk in a yeah. frame. So one person dies. Maybe my dies, question isn't clear. One one version dies by grenade. Another yeah. just walks right out. So
1: Right, and I'm saying... <laughs> Jack, do you it, understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, why yeah, does not one getting...
0: in both cases need to die, I guess? Right, why right. would...
1: In both cases one the original person lights a phosphorus grenade and the duplicate walks out let's say this is assuming lena's a duplicate but it doesn't really matter i'm saying why did it let itself burn to death when lena did it and not when kane did it because kane already it already completed its process it got a duplicate out kane got out not only that but he literally started a phosphorus grenade fire that it had to we assume actively put out otherwise it would have burned up so mm-hmm. it chose to let a phosphorus grenade get exploded inside itself, put that one out. Then another person came, it duplicated that person, Lena, and said, now the process is done. It just seems arbitrary that it's like, does it want two? Is that necessary? It wants to make a couple Uh, I guess we don't have to know that could make sense. Maybe it's goal is to make a couple. I think so
2: because I think the idea is then that one of those two will split into two and that's exponential growth. Yeah. Like I feel like the same thing just happened twice. So it doesn't need to die. It just is fine with dying. That's what
1: I'm saying. So I think the most acceptable interpretation to me is it just grabbed the phosphorus grenade not necessarily knowing what what it would do and then it did that and it's fine with it right yeah.
2: i think it's even more
1: haunting that it knew what it was going to do and it's fine with that that doesn't make any sense why no. that because That's of what, what makes jack is so alien no but you're just i don't want to kill too much time but you're not gathering the logic matrix that jack and i, I think both are on which right. does make sense okay. that contradicts other logic in the film i don't see if why if it's true that way Okay, I'll try one more time. Because if the Shimmer it says, I know I'm going to die, I choose to die from this phosphorus grenade, you have to ask, why now? Because all the exact same conditions were already previously mm-hmm. met. You had someone here, you duped them successfully, the dupe got out, and they lit a phosphorus grenade. Why not burn up then? Why on the second time? That's arbitrary.
0: Well, wouldn't it be because it did it? Wait, Oscar I'm, Isaac that's was... It wasn't the dupe who
1: burned up. It was Oscar Isaac. It was Oscar Isaac. No,
2: they're right. the same. That's my argument. They're the same thing. So there's two Oscar Isaacs in the room. One is filming another, yes? Yes. So, so one
1: filming is the dupe and the one burning up is the original. Or they're both dupes. Alex Garland's confirmed that, though.
2: Okay. I just, I guess I figured that that's the same thing that happened to Lena.
1: I think something different happened, Alina. I think in his case, it's much more cut and dried. A dupe got out, and the original was killed. In her case, a weird melding mutation of both happened. I think they're different, but the both. I think different things happen. Okay, because I and that
2: hey, I mean, I think that that's Uh, and my evidence. A good sign of a it's a good sign of a bad movie, but also a good movie when multiple interpretations can come out. I got the the reason I got to where I am is because in the final shot final shots, they both have shimmers in their eyes as if to say they both are kind of the same. Yes.
1: But the dialogue really gives it away because she says, are you Kane? And he says, no. Then he says, are you Lena? No answer. So they're, Different things happen to him. He concretely knows that he's not Cain. She doesn't know what she is, so they're different in that way.
2: Uh, but if you remember at the beginning of the movie, when she asked, when she finds out that he's he might be a duplicate, he asks her, and she and he says, "I don't know." Right. So there may just be that might just be time synchronicity, like the idea that he didn't know when he walked in home. But then he, over time, he realized, you know what? I realized but also, I'm not. But the reason I'm he, something new. But
1: also the reason he has organ failure is because he's a duplicate that is getting too far from the copy machine. Yes, yes. I would argue that he's definitely a duplicate, but it is okay to disagree, especially on yeah. this movie. He, I think
0: they're all duplicated. He stabilizes when she gets out, right? When she right. gets out of the Shimmer. Do we have any That's what I'm, I'm trying logic to, on why that is?
1: I'm trying to guess at the Shimmer's logic, knowing that it doesn't have logic... But right. it still operates in patterned ways, if that makes sense. I right. see. I see. Yeah. I
2: still feel that the pattern is consistent, but that's fine.
1: The only inconsistency to me is why it would let itself burn up when Lena did it, but not when Kane did it. Right. I if- felt it did. No, no, no. In, <laughs> No, we mean burn the entire shimmer. Right. Like the it entire disappears shimmer from burns down the
0: after the... When
1: Kane gets duped and lights a phosphorus grenade, mm-hmm. the shimmer only allows the fire to burn his body, and then it puts the fire out. Oh, right. When Lena burns it with a phosphorus grenade, yeah. it allows the I entire shimmer to I vanish. I thought you
2: were talking about why one person d- is allowed to die in the lighthouse. We've, you mean the shimmer itself. We yeah, finally reached what we
1: were disconnected right. yeah. on. So now, so, what's your opinion on that? Right. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, because the shimmer's gotten out. Like, enough, they now can duplicate forever. It might be, I think it's, it's, it's actually, we it's, kind of stumbled
1: on it might be because they're a mating pair. They're a mating the
2: pair that allow, and mating not necessarily in the sense of sexual reproduction, but in the sense of, like, has now infiltrated us. It is the thing that has reached the mainland. Uh, it does. The shimmer doesn't need to be this coaxing. Eco, it doesn't ecological have to be a bubble. S- it's now found yeah. humanity and is like, and oh, is humanity you. works like this. And they have a love, and that. And now I'm understanding that. We can use that oh, as our I vector. Oh, can take over civilization right. and reduplicate civilization now. So yeah. it's more interested. And what's
1: interesting is the civilization Maybe. it creates will still have stuff in common with human civilization. Because it's just gonna mutate it. It's not right. like an alien invasion where the aliens wipe us out and build their shit. Yeah. It's like if a new kind of gut virus got incorporated into all of us. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We Very even interesting. Notice. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And I love I guess, I mean, the fact that your eyes glow rainbow, people might eventually right. notice. But there's also one of the littlest details that the internet found is when she takes a sip of water at the end, the final interrogation scene, and sets it down. The condensation on the water glass falls away in a way where it's perfectly duplicate, like the doughs were. Mm-hmm. Like oh, two water droplets are clones of each other. Yeah. Uh, implying that I think, I think that Lena and Kane now kind of emit, emit what the shimmer is anyway. Shimmer. Yep. So they're going to f- mutate stuff just by just being by existing, around stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So when they eat like a fried chicken <laughs> will they then like scream like the chicken yeah. from that point forward yeah. no
2: they'll scream like the crunch of the fried chicken uh, okay. you see because they weren't there for the killing of the that's chicken true. just that's for the true. eating of the unless chicken. they ate the chicken
0: raw uh, yeah right. then yes yes so
2: that's that's annihilation 2 the sequel writes <laughs> itself yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well is there anything else we want to talk trip. about this one i'm out of stuff but i know you've been waiting for this one for a long while and i really dominated the final leg of it we all kind of talked about it
2: i mean i I feel like i mentioned everything i just think people should go see it it's my i think my favorite film in the last five years
1: definitely and hope yeah hopefully maybe some of these spoilers uh will let you go in with more confidence because i do think it's not like it's less challenging even than enemy. Anime. is more obscure than that. Yeah, like it's not a prime you can handle it. Watch it. You'll figure it out yeah. and you'll be very satisfied when yeah. you do. Yeah. I will I will say uh her looking into the fractal bulb feels like an obvious homage to the It's full of stars thing from 2001: yeah. Space 2001, Odyssey. Yeah. But just the balls on Kubrick I just looked it up cuz I was wondering That sequence in 2001, A Space Odyssey, 13 and a half minutes long (laughs) of him looking in the light. Mm -hmm. Hers is like 50 seconds, and you still start to be like, all right, fight the thing already. (laughs) It is beautiful, though. It is beautiful.
0: It is pretty
1: cool. Oh, how beautiful are the way the metal thing reacts to gunshots where it just becomes like art behind its Yeah. Back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And it
2: just like kind of walks and like that they stay there as if that like their trajectory the, is. Yeah. The, yeah. The, 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 the steam from like the explosion or something like that has now been codified into metal. Yeah. It's just like a, it's a really trippy fucking movie. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cause it doesn't just work on the genetic level. It's as if, the concept of the bullets exit trajectory was combined with the concept of metal. (laughs) It's not even the bullet itself. Yeah.
2: (laughs) In other words, the things that we do, we leave awake behind is I think the emotional resonance of the movie. Yeah. Uh, So there's that.
1: All right. Well, it looks like the rain broke and we're in Los Angeles. So everyone better bolt home while the roads are safe. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, how can
2: we find you online, Jack?
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. And I host a week daily podcast called The Daily Zeitgeist with Miles Gray, a former guest. And uh, you do
1: not mean it's like a daily podcast that's week. No. You mean Monday to Friday. Very soft daily podcast. And then when the weekly recap? When is that? Saturdays or Saturday, Sundays? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so Monday
0: through Friday, uh, where we talk about whatever's happening in the zeitgeist at that point. Um, Highly
2: suggested to go listen to it if you haven't.
0: Yeah, helps you keep abreast of what's happening. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nice, (laughs) nice. Uh,
1: Yeah, so check that out.
2: Cool. Thank you for being here, man. Thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Abe, are you you Abe?
2: No, I'm C. I'm something. I'm. I'm C now.
0: <laughs> a, B,
1: or C. Yeah, all right. I kind of fell apart, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a lot stronger bit when you see that we were all able to make our eyes glow rainbow. It's yeah. tough on an audio medium. Yeah, we should figure that one out. Frame rate, we out. <laughs> <laughs>